It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's up, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified, right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. For Lax Class 228, Jake Elliott and Santino Ferra back in the chair. He's fighting it a little bit here. He was under the weather last week, feeling a little better. Still under the weather a little bit, but he's stepping up to the plate here. He's worried about Mackie taking his job. Santino, welcome back to Lax Class. Uh, How's it going? Good, man. I'm always... I, I was like thinking, uh, listening to that episode, like I, I, I'm, I'm really happy for Mackie over in the, in what the success she's had in her professional career. First of all, she did like an unreal job covering for me. So she shout did out to Mackie last week, she but did. we've kind of, uh, like it, we, we've never met in person before we have like an online, uh, professional working relationship. And we've sort of like come up through flash kind of at the same time, a little bit in tandem, I mean, she was there before me, but we did. We had to like grind through writing like PLL recaps for <laughs> for a couple of years, and grind last year through writing uh, like NLL recaps. Like that was the content that we were in charge of uh, for Flash. And then to see her, like she got the job with the WLA last year, and then got the job with the Shamrocks, and ended up being like the first woman to be on uh, to do play by play for a WLA game, and now she's working with Halifax. It's like. I'm like so fired up that she's having as much success as she is. Cause it's so cool to watch and to say like, I was, you know, like I, I was there from a, a little bit after the ground level. It's just, it, I'm, I'm really happy for I her. Hear well, it's good, man. Uh, and you're on your way too, you know, don't uh, shortchange yourself, <laughs> man. Um, well, other than being sick uh, for the last little bit, did anything happen on the weekend? Or have you just been resting, recovering What? uh, uh, no, not really. Actually, I I was like resting through most of last week. Well, all of last week, to be honest. But it was because I had my cousin's bachelor party on oh, Saturday. Oh, jeez. And no, no, no. To everybody, this is going to sound like the nerdiest and worst bachelor part bachelor party ever. But to us, it was uh, it was the best thing ever. We hung out. It was literally just me and uh, my brother and like three of my cousins, and we spent the entire night uh drinking and just playing n64 games <laughs> and like old gamecube games and mario party like all night and it was unreal would do it again in a heart cheesies and coca-cola and <laughs> well uh, the, the drinks okay. but <laughs> we man like we showed up we we're like oh like what are we gonna order some pizzas or, or, or something like some takeout or whatever or my one of my cousins was like got freaking pizza rolls in the oven right now baby <laughs> like i felt like i was like 13 it was unreal well, that sounds like a pretty good time um <laughs> steady's birthday weekend this weekend so uh did a little bit of celebrating went out for dinner on friday then uh, of course had the big warriors game on saturday and then uh, a little memorial tournament tino on uh on sunday in place of our regular doubles it was like the the big tournament we do every year where new sets of bag tags get handed out depending Ooh. on where you finish in in the tournament 
And uh, old Jumbo Top 10, Tino. Finished ninth uh, out of about 50 people or so. On, uh, Look at you, climbing the ranks. Yeah, so I was all excited <laughs> about that. The putter was working good and everything, and I thought to myself on this gorgeous Tuesday morning, I stayed out at Danny's Place in White Rock, which is, you know, right by the border. So I figured uh, I'm going to skip across the line here and go take on uh, a, a course down in Mount Vernon called Cedro Woolley. Windy day down there, Tino. Uh, conditions were not uh, favorable and uh, finished well over par uh, this morning. But uh, maybe- okay, so I, I know nothing about about disc golf. Mm. Just to be, and I was watching. You sent me uh, a couple weeks ago. I forget if it was last week or the week before. The the little bit of content, well, like the tournament linked. you were, yeah, yeah uh, on BC Sports TV. There, you were hosting that. But what is the difference between like uh, one of the discs that you use for like a long drive? Mm. Ver- like, what is a putter? In, in disc golf. I don't understand that at yeah, all. Yeah, so a putter is more... <laughs> we're going to talk some lacrosse here momentarily, folks. <laughs> Stick with us, I promise. Um, a putter is more like a like a throwing frisbee that you would use like at the beach or in a pool or something like that. Little little smaller, little, you know, domier, and doesn't fly as far, flies pretty straight. And then when you as you move up through the, the bag, so to speak, like your driver is like larger it's flatter the rim on it is super sharp so it cuts through the wind and and flies a, a lot different than than a putter does so okay. there's like kind of yeah. like the driver then like the fairway the mid-range then the putter we gotta get like we gotta get a mic on you and <laughs> and like a head cam or something yeah. to yeah. be able to yeah. i want to see what what this, okay. this golf is i'm gonna like do it i'll do it and uh we'll post it up on uh on the lax class feed on instagram or something like that but it was a gorgeous day. It's a gorgeous day right now, and happy to be with you, and uh, happy to have the classmates along talking a little lacrosse here for the next hour and change. And we've got a fantastic guest coming up in quarter number two. We, uh, you know, we planned to go, I planned to go Halifax last weekend and have Mackie as a guest. That didn't quite pan out. So it ended up being a little bit Vancouver Warriors focused, which, you know, to the chagrin of, I'm sure, many folks in the East who continually... Uh, bring up this West Coast Bias podcast. <laughs> but uh, I tried to go east last year or last week. Didn't work out. So we'll do it again this week, except we're going to Buffalo. But I'm no dummy, Tino. I know where the audience kind of hails from here. We're talking to a Buffalo bandit today. But he's a good Victoria boy, so it ties in nicely to the West Coast here as well. And a guy having a fantastic sophomore season for the Bandits who picked up another win last week. And Brad McCulley will join us in quarter number two. I'm looking forward to this conversation with Brad, who I have to say is probably playing the best lacrosse of his life right now and uh, helping his bandits to W. So we'll look forward to that conversation in quarter number two. Brad McCulley of the bandits and Shamrocks, for that matter, coming up. Quarter three is Lax Class Locks. (sighs) Two for three, Tino. Uh, Better than 0 for three, better than 1 for three, but not three for three but i think the way this evolution tree is is kind of growing right now we're looking at a three for three week here now that we've gone oh four then one four then two for time to go three for three this week in quarter three for lax class locks uh and then of course quarter number four stampede tax your favorite podcast game who you got week 18 and this week in in week 18 here i just close your eyes and and throw a dart because I honestly, there's no wrong answers this week. Like I think you could make a case to literally pick every single team 
that's in action this weekend. So the quarter may get a workout. I might just pick all road teams. I don't know what's going to happen in, in quarter four, so stay tuned for that. And here in quarter one, our Stampede Stallions of the week, of course, are coming up. And a massive week 17 needs to be discussed here on the podcast as well as there was, what, eight games, I think? Seven? There was a lot of games. Eight. Yeah. So everybody was in action. Uh, one team played twice, and it was a fun weekend of lacrosse to watch. It began in Panther City on Friday night, Fort Worth, hosting the San Diego Seals, who started Chris O'Riglieri in this game, which I found a little, you know, this is the team that's playing the back-to-back weekend. So I don't know if it was, like, predetermined, like, O'Rig starting this one, Frankie starting the next one, and that's it or whether there was something more to it in this one. But uh, O'Riglieri and the Seals, pretty convincing over Panther City here. Is it just, I don't know, I was a little surprised, quite frankly, to see the lackluster listlessness, if that's the word. I didn't say it properly, but, man, they were just dead, Panther City. There was no life. Yeah. And and San Diego just rolled here, 17-9. I wasn't overly shocked to see Chris Riglieri playing just because, I mean, the talk about San Diego and their goaltending tandem all year, like there's been so much talk about uh, a workload for Frankie and and he's been getting like the bulk of the starts in the last couple of weeks since the outdoor game and has looked really great, really good in doing it. I think this is one where not to knock Panther city by any means because they've been having an incredible season. Um, But I think they look at the schedule. They know they have Buffalo later I think if they were going to split the games, that's probably that's probably the smart way to go to give uh, Chris Riglieri the Panther City matchup and and give uh, Shiliano the Buffalo matchup. I think Panther City really missed Liam Burns in this game. Mm. Um, I I think defensively they didn't look as solidified as they have previously, and maybe it was just an off game. That's not to say that the defense solely relied on Liam Burns. But I think that trade really affected their defensive depth a little bit. And I think that Nick Damood also had his first game in a while where he didn't really totally, he didn't look like himself. Yeah. Well, San Diego kind of will do that to you, right? With Dixon. Oh, without a doubt. Audi with, I mean, Patton and Audi having a go at it, which was uh, pretty spirited as well. Impressive win there over Panther City. Uh, Toronto took on the Albany Firewolves, and this game was a hell of a lot closer than I think I expected it to be. Probably many others expected it to be. You know, uh, the better team comes out on top here at the end of the day, and they outshoot Albany pretty handily here, fifty-eight forty-two. But uh, Firewolves, you got to give them some credit here for hanging in against the Rock, but come up a couple short. So this was the game that I watched back most recently. And, uh, so obviously I, I knew what the outcome was, but I just wanted to, I wanted to watch back a few things and I, I skipped right to the fourth quarter mm. on this second watch through of it. And it, it's so funny. I mean, funny might not be the right word to use, but it, in the fourth quarter, like under a minute left, it's a 10, nine game and there's momentum fully in swing in favor of, of Albany. And then within like three seconds of them scoring the 10 to nine goal, it's like, TD Erland face off immediately into the stick of um, of Latrell Harris and into an empty net. And then it's just like all the wind is out of the sails. And it's so the, the reason why I said it's funny uh, is because I'm watching that. And I'm sure so many people were like this, like, oh, oh my God, like, Albany might do this. Albany might push this game at, at least to overtime here. And then in the blink of an eye, 
Like you want your case for faceoffs matter. Like they put the game away in three seconds right there. Less than that even. Yeah. So a full credit to, to Albany. Like they, they hung in there, um, especially after putting up a goose egg in the second quarter. Like that's pretty impressive to climb back against uh, a legitimate contender in Toronto. But yeah, like you said, the better team came out on top. I was trying to like watch most, most of these listfulness. Is that listfulness? Uh, I was trying to watch most of these as I was either driving to the rink or, or getting ready for the game. So I kind of had one eyeball on, on this thing for most of the way. And it looked like it was dead and gone here in, in Philadelphia as Halifax jumps out to an 8-4 lead. And I think it was even bigger than that at, at one point. But Philadelphia stays scrappy here, and they actually got it within one, I think, at 12-11 at one point, I want to say, or 11-10. Or um, so Halifax must have, you know, been feeling it a little bit, but they end up hanging on in this pivotal East Conference matchup. Uh, this looked like a really entertaining game from start to finish, like big swings in it and and two pretty evenly teams match teams going at it back and forth here, but Halifax on the road with just, there's no way to understate it. Just a massive win here over Philly. This was the game that I think everybody was, to me, it was this and it was um, Buffalo, San Diego, Buffalo, San Diego. But so I have a couple things on this game. First of all, um, I can't figure out this Philly team. <laughs> I told you that like two weeks ago, man. But like, it's impossible. If, if you can predict a Philadelphia Wings game, you are uh, you are a superhero. I can't I can't figure this team out. But first of all, or I guess second of all, that um, I guess allowed goal on the delayed the Halifax penalty. penalty. Yeah, yeah the sorry. delayed penalty. That okay, full credit to Halifax and Mike Kersey for knowing that rule. And like, I, I don't know if the Halifax explain this do it. to me and to the to the classmates here too, because I okay, did not so, see this, but I've heard a couple of tweets. And so there was a delayed penalty coming up for Halifax. Okay, the ball is in the air. It lands in the stick of I forget who. I think it was Peterson who scored the goal. It lands in his stick. Um, he puts the ball into basically an empty net, and it's originally called no goal. And then they go back to review it and they reverse it and say it's a good call because in the NLL, it doesn't come down to intent to blow the whistle. It comes down to the actual whistle itself. So even though there is a delayed penalty and the ball is in the stick of a Halifax player, the ball then went into the net before the sound of the whistle went. Wow. So that's why it was a good goal. See, that's which a- I think is not right. So dumb. And that's what I mean, like full credit to, uh, I don't know if the Halifax players were aware of this rule, but a Kersey for sure was because he explained it in an interview on the bench. Um, so full credit to to knowing the rule book, but that's a bad rule. Yeah, that rule's got to get If there's a changed. delayed penalty, uh, it doesn't matter if it's a split second for the ref to blow the whistle or not. If the if the and team ten. with the delayed penalty as as touches touch the it. ball, it's over. dead ball, yeah. that's it. Yeah. But they scored, that's the rule book. Whatever. My last thing before before I, I let you jump back in here mm. is there was a face off. I forget if it was in the uh, third quarter or fourth quarter between like the face off battle all night between Baptiste and Withers was unbelievable. Yeah, really but good. there was a face off between the two of them that went 
28 seconds. Oh, I did not see that. After the blow of the whistle. And it was unbelievable. Like, that sounds like, obviously, like an eternity. And maybe that sounds like kind of boring. Like, no, that's no. a 28 second faceoff. It was such a grind. And it, I couldn't believe it. Like, neither of these guys willing to give an inch and just going, like, I've taken a few faceoffs or whatever, like in my, even just in like men's league and the wear and tear on your body, just having to go up and down continuously is, yeah. is a lot. And now for these guys to do it as much as they do and with the force that they do it. And then in this specific case to do it for 28 <laughs> seconds of just trying to gain like a millimeter on your opponent was unbelievable. That was so entertaining. Pretty cool. So, like I mentioned, Halifax gets the big win, and I think they play again one more time to those two teams. Let's move along, however, to Long Island, New York. And the Riptide had been looking a lot better over the last couple of games, especially with Cam Dunkerley in their goal. But Georgia has been looking better as of late as well. And, man, oh, man, did they ever look good in the first quarter. This thing was over after 15. Tino, 7-1 first quarter for Georgia and kind of cruise to a 13-8 victory here over New York. And again, look, I, I, f- I feel like this is a massive missed opportunity here for the Riptide. These are games that they need to win, especially being at home and against a team that's on the outside of the playoff bar. Like, if you're going to measure yourself up, these are games that they should have won, and, and this one wasn't even really close. But on the flip side here, I think you know Georgia deserves some credit as well as they look pretty balanced and played a good 60-minute game here. Yeah, I, I think you're finally starting to see with Georgia, you're starting to see the, the team that people were talking about when they were winless, how people were talking about, like, this team is better than their record. Like, the, the wins are going to come. The amount of times that I heard Patty say, the wins are going to come for this team. They're, they're, they're going to figure it out eventually. I think they're starting to... To, to string together some consistent efforts here. And and the start, like you mentioned, is everything here. They get off seven goals in the first quarter. Like, that's unbelievable. And they put themselves in a position where in the fourth, they can put up a goose egg, but still hold New York to just two. Like Three they goals put themselves... in the entire second half. All right. Well, that's, yeah. Well, I mean, and they hold New York to just three in the entire second That's half. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. they, they held him to three, and you think about the the way that the Riptide have been putting up goals. So, you know, Dobson, clearly his best game here, and and Teat, you know, seven points still, which I think is a little probably below his standard, but he kind of did his thing. And Andrew Q putting up nine points in this game, five goals, four assists. And besides Lyle, I think, Q has kind of been the guy to say, okay, like I'm going to be the alpha on, on this left side. Shane Jackson getting a little later in his career, you know, and then some young guys coming along there. But, you know, Arlotta goes out and gets Andrew Q from Albany, and it was a guy that he targeted. He lives close to Georgia. He's, he's living out of Florida. And I think the fit for Q to the swarm had took a little bit for him to kind of find his way, but he's he's looking like the player that I think everybody expected. I was actually kind of wondering if if come trade deadline time, if Andrew Q is going to be like trade bait for somebody like with him putting up more and more points in in the later stages of the season up to date. I was kind of wondering if, if people were talking about Shane Jackson, like he was the trade bait for Georgia. And for me, it was a little more Andrew Q. Like I was I wasn't going to be overly surprised if that was the name that was moved. But 
I mean, full credit to them. Like I said, like they finally started to put together some some consistent efforts efforts here. And and we talk so much throughout the year about having to give goaltenders credit. I know you already mentioned Dobson, but give goaltenders credit when they let in ten or less. Like, yeah, that's a big game for Dobson. Well, uh, let's keep the theme of goaltenders going, then, shall we? Uh, ten or less. Uh, how about seven or less? How, you want to talk consistent? <laughs> This Calgary Roughnecks team, man, are just getting better and better every single week. And this might have been their most complete game here against Saskatchewan. It just drubbed them. 14-6 the final in this. And for Saskatchewan, like, I, man, clearly not as close as everybody thought that they might have been. And, you know, at the deadline, they go out and get Reese Dutch. But there was, you know, I... I think Saskatchewan was kind of a team that was on the fence. Like they were ready to, to sell or they were ready to buy, depending on whether the right offers came. And and I, I guess that didn't materialize, but they don't end up doing much. Like they get, like I said, they get restouched, but it didn't really make them any better. It didn't really make them any worse. And Calgary just played better. And, and, and I think they're just better than, than a lot of teams in the National Lacrosse League. And, Handle the rush pretty easily in Saskatchewan. Just something that's kind of hard to wrap your head around. Like you just never saw this for like the last five, six years. No, like you just look down at the list here for Saskatchewan. The amount of guys that had me. my goodness that that just had such low scoring nights. Like I don't know. Uh, Robert Church puts up three points. Like yeah, but we're used to seeing him put up like five or six goals a night kind of thing. Like Mark Matthews with one goal and that's kind of it. Like how often do you, I feel like there's been talk a, a handful of times this season about Mark Matthews and, and the lower point, uh, point totals. Yeah. I wonder if there's something, if there's something going on there, if, if maybe he's battling through an injury or something, this is seems just so out of the ordinary to see Mark Matthews put up such low scoring numbers here well i mean he's always had keenan there but he's had a kind of a rotating door a little bit with palace and clark and you know shatler before that i don't know there might be you might be on to something there i i don't know but man cal like i just bring it back to calgary and maybe bouquet has kind of come back to earth a little bit as well like he's not playing anywhere either did you see the tweet from (laughs) from i think it was the tsm producer pp cannon who said you know uh he put up the numbers of Alexis Bouquet before he dropped the f bomb on national TV <laughs> and and post f bomb and uh, pretty stark change in in stat numbers there from the wins, the save percentage, the goals against, all of it. I I don't know if one has anything to do with the other, <laughs> but just found it kind of kind of interesting. Uh, Christian Del Bianco is pretty good at goal. Uh, yeah, and and Tanner Cook uh, had a pretty pretty hot game there too. Coming into his own, yeah, six goals on nine shots. Yeah, uh, uh, listening to the to the latest episode last week of uh, Off the Crossbar, they mm. had Jesse King on, mm-hmm. and he had a lot of just glowing things to say about Tanner Cook uh, about how. Cook reminded uh, King a lot of himself when he was coming into the league and and, and a younger guy and and how he's learning his role and learning how to play with with line mates consistently and stuff. And Tanner Cook's just been having uh, an awesome year chipping in here and there and then having a handful of games where he's where he's putting up just a load of points like this one. This Calgary team, like you said it already, but this is this is a scary Calgary team. Nobody wants just, to play this team in the playoffs. 
Tanya. Oh, they just look like they love to play together too. The vibes have never been higher in Calgary. Yeah. And yeah, man, like I got to give Kurt and, and Bordy a lot of credit for the way they've constructed and, and moved pieces and kept pieces, but shipped pieces out and re replenished and drafted. They've done a great job of building their roster, not only of talent, but like, you know, kept the, the youth movement coming, but not tried to force it too much and just had the right mix of older guys, middle guys, young guys, and everybody's kind of progressed the way that they should have. They've trimmed off a bunch of money off their salary and still have remained super competitive and are doing okay in, in their draft capital as well. Like in it, I just think all that kind of stuff starts at the top and, and Kurt and Mike are able to piece together the puzzle that that's really making that Calgary team go right now. And, and uh, they're a dangerous, dangerous lacrosse team here heading down the stretch. By the way, our uh, season long parlay for cool bet before I get on to Buffalo and San Diego here, if you'll recall, I don't know if anyone laid money down on this, uh, prior to, to the season kicking off, but it was a three futures bet, 13 and a half goals over for Adam Charlambides. He has blown that right out of the water. Calgary to, actually it was a four, four thing, four thing. So it was Calgary to make the playoffs. They're looking pretty good to do that. Uh, so there's two. Kyle Rubish under two and a half goals for the entire season. He's sitting on one right now, Tino. Got it against Vancouver. And the final one was Connor Robinson over six and a half or 65 and a half points. And he is right on pace for that. So that's kind of going to be like he had a big game against Vancouver. I think he had four goals and two assists, which really kind of boosted him back up the, the line there for the pace. But uh, it's it's going to come right down to Connor Robinson, I believe, whether the, the, the futures parlay cashes at the end of the year or not, you know. That's so, it's so funny that now the classmates are going to be like grinding their teeth anytime Rubish picks up a loose I ball. Pay, man. Like a fast I do it every time too. <laughs> I do it every time too. All right. Uh, into the night games on Saturday here. And there was three of them, which, you know, as much as I love calling games, don't get me wrong. Like I right, way rather call a game than watch a game. But man, when this thing's going on at the same time, you're just kind of like, and I haven't gone back and watched this, but I'm going to do that because this thing looked like an absolute instant classic. As San Diego makes the turn from Fort Worth, they head home. Bandits are waiting for them in SoCal. Best in the East, best in the West. They face off, and this game looked absolutely bonkers. Yep, Buffalo shuts out San Diego in the first quarter. San Diego shuts out Buffalo in the second quarter. It's 3-1 at halftime. They open things up in in the third. Both teams, you know, getting on the board here. But then again, just one goal scored in the fourth quarter by Buffalo to send us to overtime at 6-6. And then the most interesting man in the National Lacrosse League, Steve Priolo, the captain of the Bandits in transition with the overtime winner here for San Diego. We actually tried to get Priolo on the show this week. Uh, I'm not going to, I don't know if Brad needs to know that or not. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I reached out to Priolo. Guess, guess what Steve Priolo is doing this week? Tell me. Well, I said, Hey Steve, uh, congrats on the big overtime winner and uh, the win. And, you know, but so I wonder if you can free for the podcast this week. And 
He says, sorry, Jumbo. I'm in Joshua Tree rock climbing this week. <laughs> Joshua Tree rock climbing this week. Okay, Steve. <laughs> like, middle of the National Lacrosse League season, just came off an overtime game, and off to Joshua Tree to go rock climbing right after the game. That would be a really funny piece of content for the NLL to do of, like, text Steve Priolo at a random time for the week to be like, where is Steve Priolo today? And then just get like a quick selfie video. I'm and telling like, you. I'm in Joshua Tree rock climbing. And then that's the end of the content. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> be safe, Steve. Just be safe. <laughs> that was my message to him. We'll get Steve on another time and we're going to have a great chat with Brad McCulley coming up here in a little bit. But two more games to go. Vancouver hosting the Colorado Mammoth. If you'll recall, or maybe you won't. Well, you listened to the episode, but Mackie was mocking me for picking Vancouver in the in the parlay. At plus two and a half, I said to her, I think Vancouver can win this game outright. Took him in who you got as well. And uh, the Warriors, they showed up in this one to, you know, maybe their best game of the year. I would have to say it probably was. They got outshot pretty heavily by Colorado, but Aaron Bold was rock solid. Chase Scanlon with another fantastic game. They had a big lead, 13-7 at one point in this one before Colorado made it real interesting. Zed Williams started to do Zed Williams things, and this game got really dicey. They got within a goal at 12-11. They scored five straight in the fourth quarter uh, before Vancouver stopped the bleeding here. And like You just had that feeling in your gut like, oh my God, here we go again. Colorado's going to mount the comeback. They're going to do it again. There's, you know, And uh, this was like I think you know part of the the culture change the shift in mindset here for Vancouver they stuck with it and end up pulling out this game and I think that is going to be huge for their psyche moving forward this was a a weird game for me to watch for like the, the only reason I say that is because there was probably five or six different times when Dylan Ward got a huge piece of the shot, yeah. but not enough. And it, tri- I mean, no, they don't, it didn't always go in, but there was just a lot of them that trickled through him and a defender like Brett Craig had to, had to dive back and, and save a couple from the goal line. Um, and, and a few of them went in as well. At least one of the, the chase Scanlon ones was just a weird trickler like that. It, it was just, it, see, it was such a weird night for Dylan Ward in that sense alone. Like you said, like it did get dicey at the end, but full credit to Vancouver for be able for being able to kind of bend but not break. And the other thought that I had with this game as well was something. Like, I don't want this to come across like too too bad, but the amount of times that I I know the big knock on on Hamer Jackson when he wins a faceoff is he gets kind of into into a tough location. Mm. Teams have been just swarming on that so much more this season, I've found. And it was so apparent in this game as well. Like, I don't know if it's if it's his choice of exits or if it's just teams that have the read on it so well. But well, I thought Tim six. Edwards kind of had his way with. with oh, for sure. But the I mean, uh, he's credited with uh, Hamer Jackson, at least is credited with 12 faceoff wins. And I don't know how many of those faceoff wins didn't come without him having to take a huge beating. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know, like 
that that needs to be the next stage of development for me for for Hamer Jackson. I hear you. I hear you. Um, twenty seven goals, twenty two assists, forty nine points for Connor Robinson through twelve games, which means he needs what you know sixteen. 17 points in six games. Math guy. Connor Robinson. Parlay's coming home. Parlay is coming home. Um, So good on Vancouver. They get past Colorado. Those two teams have another meeting before the season is over as well, which means just one more week to go or one more game to go in week number 17. And it was a real important game in the National Lacrosse League. You know, uh, down there in Las Vegas, Tucker out, lymphoma night. Uh, San Diego's wearing their their Godzilla jerseys, which were were kind of cool. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. But we have seen the the Tucker jerseys in both Rochester and Las Vegas stepping up for this effort. And I know a lot of money has been raised. Uh, some some guys' jerseys are going for for big money, which is great to see. And looking back in this, like I picked Rochester in this game, kind of forgetting that it was. Tucker out lymphoma night, and now looking back, like if I would have thought about that, like there's no effing way that Vegas was going to lose this game on Tucker out lymphoma night. And I don't like it. Could have been San Diego. It could have been Buffalo. It it didn't matter. Roger or like Vegas was going to win this game, and they do it with a massive second quarter here. Five goals in that quarter, and they were just kind of the better team the entire way through here. It looks like, and man, the, uh, Vegas. I didn't expect them to be as good as they are this year. And there they are again with another W in the column. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. I, I saw Graham Perrow put out a tweet earlier or a couple of days ago saying something along the lines of like uh, an NLL finals between Georgia and yeah, still possible. Still possible. So, I mean, like obviously incredibly unlikely, but, but th- anything is possible in this league. So, so I mean, credit to Vegas for sticking in this one. Jack Hanna obviously had had a huge game, but God, this was another game where I was in awe of of watching Landon Kells. I thought he I thought he had just a phenomenal game. He looked so solid, especially to start. Like I thought his start to this game was just rock solid, and he and he continued it the rest of the way through. But I think that I'm kind of jumping all over the place here. That's okay. I think that every team in the league should be doing a Tucker out uh, lymphoma night. I don't really see a reason why every team doesn't hop on board with this kind of movement to try to raise money. Yeah, maybe it doesn't matter who's playing who or if Willie's involved. 100% it doesn't just, matter. It's, that's the night. It's Tucker out lymphoma night, and the entire league across the board, if you're playing that weekend, is is doing Tucker. Yeah, and, and I, I like think, it. Like, I really like that idea, man. I do. Uh, I don't, and, I don't and, know how Willie would feel about it. I think he would be on board for it, but I think that's a great idea. It's 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 really cool and like the content that they make out of it. And I don't mean like they're they're like I know what you're saying. Dry for content, but like the the video series that they, that Vegas has been putting out yeah. and this like after the, the one, locker room stuff and yeah. But the specifically in this game when they're or preparing for this game when it's centered around like the family and Tucker and his journey and telling the story. Like I think it it's so it would be so cool to see this become a league wide thing where everybody knows about this because with the NLL being like a growing league and stuff, um, I don't think it it would be crazy to say that some of the fans in Vancouver, for example, aren't totally aware of what this night is for. And if they're not, they should be though. Right. Like I think that's totally important. So yeah, I agree. I mean, 
take it a step further. Like I think every team should be doing a Native American Heritage Night or an Indigenous Night or a First Nations Night, what have you, wherever you are throughout the the continent here. I think you should be honoring and recognizing your your people of of that region with an Indigenous Night. Yeah, uh, and like the and most teams these- do it, but I think every team should do it. The more of these theme nights that we get, the better. Like, I'm never going to complain about a Godzilla night in the in San Diego, sure. but to do these these really important ones league wide should be the priority, I think. And, and this is one of those ones that I that I think should be a league wide priority. I agree, Santino. I'm not going to give you a ding for it, but uh, good take there. <laughs> I might, might give you a hot take. Might give you a hot take. We'll see. That's hot. That's hot. That's really hot. So there you go. There's your week 17 recap and uh, tons of fantastic lacrosse. More, I'm telling you, these games coming up this weekend are absolutely wild as far as trying to figure out who to pick in them. We'll have that for you in quarter number four, but we're not done here in quarter number one quite yet. Time to saddle up, partner. We're heading for the Stampede Tax Stables. <laughs> Am I allowed to get out of it because I'm sick or no? Okay. Nay, nay. (laughs) How about that one? (laughs) Did you have to take a drink of water after that? Yes, that's why. One more. Give me one more. Nay. nay. Thank you very much. Uh, (laughs) Stampede Stallions of the Week. Brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. You know what? Uh, a stallion of the week would look good in Tino is a Storm Rider jean jacket. The most classic talked about of all time. This is the jean jacket of all jean jackets. It's lined corduroy collar, features classic Storm Rider styling. And like I said, it's become the most popular jean jacket of all time. Perfect on the job site, out there near the campfire, maybe just to walk around the lake. Whatever you're doing, work or play, Stormrider Jean Jacket will make your day. Find it out at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. They're in the Dale of Clover. They've been there since 1966. Or you can shop online because it's still shopping local at stampede.ca. Get yourself a Stormrider. Um, we should probably mention, well, you heard the, the horse uh, intro there. Uh, Eric Delarocco, uh, who's... He always sends me uh, a nice email from time to time. And I love this guy, Tino, because he literally put, he's won who he got twice. And he's got like week six winner who you got 2022, week nine winner who you got 2023 as his email signature. Wow. I mean, so it's spectacular. It's spectacular. So there's people receiving emails from him that have no involvement with I, lacrosse. Well, they do now. <laughs> they do now. Um, and he just so happened to tell me a bit of a funny story here because I was looking at the winner of this past week, week 17. 
This young man went seven for eight in his picks. Nobody went a perfect eight for eight. But then I kind of looked, and he the only game he got wrong was his one game, which I think was Panther City and San Diego. So he goes seven for eight and gets only his one game wrong, but he had down as his confidence eight for Las Vegas and seven for Vancouver. Whoa. And I thought to myself, what? This is a little, this doesn't look. And sure enough, Eric let me know that his son and and the, the young man's name is Danny Quinn, actually played lacrosse together, both field lacrosse and box lacrosse. And he takes him to, to Firewolves game. So he got his kid and, and Danny to sign up. Well, I, I, I have to believe, and I'm pretty sure here, Santino, that Danny forgot to make his picks and had auto picks selected and go seven for eight with his No auto. way. I, te- I, I tell the people time and time again, like, listen, there's going to be a week or two, maybe you forget to make your picks and just have the auto pick feature on. At least you'll get something, hopefully. Well, Danny, Danny Quinn is getting himself a prize pack courtesy of Stampede Tack and Westerwear because he had his auto picks on and they went seven for eight in those auto picks. That's unreal. Congrats to Danny Quinn. Week 18, or week 17, who he got winner. Stampede Stallions of the Week, Santino. Who is yours? Uh, I'm not overly confident that I'm going to get the... Oh, yes, our patches. competition here, right. I almost yeah. feel like Patches is just going to pick you because he's starting to feel a little bit sorry for you, I think. Uh, but, you know, and let this let this be the message to Patty. I don't need your sympathy pick. You know what? <laughs> if if you like my pick, give me the nod here, but I, I, I have no idea who you're going to pick. Reverse Jimbo. psychology, Patches. Don't fall for it. <laughs> um, I'm going to Jacob Dunbar. Yeah, uh, Yeah, gets his, uh, gets his first goal. Uh, in the National Lacrosse League, this game in uh, in the San Diego versus Buffalo game, and as well, I mean, Jake Govett gets his first uh, first career goal goals, I guess, as yes. well. But um, I've watched a lot of Jacob Dunbar in the last handful of years in his junior days. Mm. Just last season alone, with Nanaimo, put up forty eight points in eleven games. Um, Rhett's regular season, fifteen points in 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 four games played in the playoffs. He was the first overall pick in the WLA draft, if I'm not mistaken. And then ends up getting on the score sheet with his with his first career goal in this game as well. So, you know, I, I wanted to give a shout out for him, a local guy from our neck of the woods a little bit. I mean, he's from the island, but BC is, is what I mean. And then the assist from his uh, or on his uh, first ever goal comes from Graydon Bradley, who's another BC native from uh, from Vernon, if I'm not mistaken, or somewhere up in the interior. Yeah. So. Um, well, pick and the, BC, and night, pick and BC and, guys might not help your cause here too. But uh, <laughs> so uh, end of the night with two points. Um, Dunbar does so. I just wanted to give him a shout out and make him my stallion for okay. uh, getting his first one. Congrats to Jake Dunbar. I, you know, I was thinking about this. Who am I going to pick? Like, I easily could have picked a Halifax guy and just tugged at the heartstrings here a little bit of Gregoire, but I, I'm not going to do that. And <laughs> and like I said, I called this game Colorado Vancouver on on Saturday night, so I'm going to keep it close to home because this gentleman had. Just such an unassuming game. But then you looked at the stat line at the end of the night, and I was like, holy crap. Like, I don't even remember really kind of mentioning this guy. And he had himself a fantastic game. Riley Hot Rod Lowen is going to get my Stampede Stallion of the Week. One goal on two shots, six assists, seven points, four loose balls to go along with it. And 
Riley Lowen has become the guy that just kind of does all the little things in the Vancouver offense, and you really don't ever talk about him. But like I always talk about how offenses need guys like Riley Lowen in them to be successful. And at the end of the day, the genesis of the Stampede Stallion is to kind of recognize guys that fly under the radar a little bit, maybe a little unassuming. They're not the big superstars all the time. And Riley Lowen with seven points in a 14-12 victory for the Vancouver Warriors. And I don't even think I brought up Roddy's name in that game. And that's why here on Lax Class, he's going into the Stampede Stable. I, I love this pick um, for two reasons. Uh, first is the role that Lowen has stepped into here, especially with Shrust going down and no more Jones, is he kind of has to play like veteran leadership role out there on the floor. And like you said, has to, has to do a lot of the things that don't go noticed or, or, or yep. mentioned too much. Yep. Um, the other reason that I really like this pick, it wasn't a league or team executive. So congratulations. <laughs> I mean, patches Tino is more or less making my case for like, he, he's, it almost you, sounds you like he's what's... picking low and two. Like I, yeah, you said like I could pick it at Halif- uh, Halifax yeah. player to pull up the heartstrings yeah. of Patty, like as if that's something that you wouldn't do. You picked a league executive. <laughs> what are you? I needed a W about? that day. I just needed a W. <laughs> All right, uh, there is welcome to the stable, Jake Dunbar and Riley Lowen. You're the, this week's Stampede Stallions of the Week, brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Quarter number one is done. Time to get to quarter number two. Quick break here on Lax Class, and we're back on the other side with Buffalo Bandit Brad McCulley. Stay classified. This is Aaron Bold, and you're listening to Lax Class. Welcome back to Lax Class as we're into second quarter action here on Lax Class 228. Jake Elliott, Santino, Farah, and Rycor Construction with us here in Quarter number two, uh, Ryan went, well, he finished in third, he said, uh, in, in last week's Who You Got Standings, Tino. And fortunately, he also said he switched from Vegas to Rochester right before the game started. He would have went eight for eight and won it for a second time this season, uh, kicking himself Yikes. for that. Uh, so probably not a great day on, on the job site for maybe some of the laborers as the boss was probably cracking the whip around as he was making it stand out at Rycor Construction. Uh, check him out on the Instagram or the Facebook for all their work. You can see what they're doing or hop on their website and uh, get in contact with him. If you need a renovation, interior, exterior, Rycor Construction will make it stand out for you. And uh, pretty good at making lacrosse picks as well uh, as we welcome the former ninth overall pick uh, from two years ago to the Buffalo Band. It's good, Victoria boy and Bradley McCulley. Welcome back to Lax Class, man. Uh, thanks for doing this. And how are things going? Thanks for having me on, man. I uh, I love the show. I'm a big listener. So it was uh, pretty stoked when you fired me a text to, to ask to get me on. But things are good. Just hanging out. Hanging out in Buffalo, had a bit of travel this weekend, obviously coming back from San Diego, so yeah, still kind of adjusting to that and whatever, just getting some sleep and resting up, but feeling good. Well, you said you were working today, and you're living back in Buffalo. Uh, I know you're on your way to your, your ladies' lacrosse practice right now, but what uh, what are you doing during the days in, in Buffalo when you're not playing lacrosse or working out? 
So we run a little school program uh, for the team. So we just show up to gym classes and just teach lacrosse all day. It's it's pretty fun. We're at basically a new school. <laughs> okay. I was like I was like picturing you like you know like shoveling a ditch or like hooking up. Uh... Oh no no nothing crazy. They don't. You're teaching lacrosse to kids in Buffalo like that. I mean I don't. Know. Can you call yeah. that a job, Brad? I don't know. Oh, You're yeah, getting paid you know, for it, so I guess uh, yeah. Nice and easy. Nice and easy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. And you must be love. Well, actually, tell me about this because you guys just got back from San Diego. We're going to talk about that game. But what does a travel day look like going from Buffalo, New York, to San Diego, California? Uh, well, oddly enough, we flew out of Toronto. The entire team flew out of Toronto. I think there was some Buffalo flights, but uh, they might have gotten canceled or whatever happened. So this time we. Went to Toronto for Thursday night. Do you all take out. a bus there? Or do you all hop a bus and? No, because eighty-five percent of the guys are in Ontario anyway. Okay. It's just us. So, like the guys who are in Buffalo, we just drove over there, uh, like carpool hotel Thursday night, right by the airport, and then just get into Pearson, go from Toronto to San Diego, and then on the way back we were San Diego to Toronto, and then you got to get out and drive the two hours, but. It wasn't too bad. It's it's pretty easy when they get the direct flight like that. Moving over to the game from this past weekend, I mean, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into more of the details as we progress here. But seven six final in overtime, where both teams put up how each team has a quarter with zero goals. San Diego, I guess, technically with two if you count overtime. But have you ever been a part of that low scoring of a game in your? I mean, like later stages here, like going through like the WLA and the NLL. Like, have you ever been a part of that low scoring of a game? Uh, I think I was in like a nine, eight game in the WLA, to be honest with you. I'm not entirely sure when, but I think I was, uh, that could have been a Victoria Langley mm-hmm. playoff series this year. I think we had one that was pretty low. Yeah. I don't know if it was crazy like that, but yeah, that was nuts. And I think when you look at the talent, um, offensively on, on both, both teams there, like I had all my buddies texting me being like, you know, I figured that would be in 18, 17 game. Um, but you know, you look at it, right. It's like our defense was crazy. Vino was on another level as he usually is. And then Skiggs played well and he had a great defense in front of him as well. So like I've, I've rewatched the game a couple of times now and like, you're trying to figure out like, you know, what could we do? What's this, what's that? And it was, you know, we created chances. We were playing good and, <laughs> we're getting stopped. It was the same thing the other way. Yeah, um, yeah. I always think our defense is insane. Our defense is fantastic. Like, I mean, it's last week we play Colorado, we get eight goals and it doesn't get it done, but you know, them only letting in 11 with, you know, our kind of offense that's, that's on us. And then this week to, to get seven and then to hold them to six and then get it done. It, it says a lot about our defense and goaltending, but same for San Diego, right? I think it's why they're so successful. Like, yeah. they got some big guys back there. They move some bodies. They push transition. They have two good goalies who they can rely on. So it was a pretty, pretty evenly matched game that we were very fortunate to come out on top of. Well, and and you've kind of had a number of those over there. I want to say the last three or four. Like, I think you guys have won the last four games all by a single goal and maybe three of them in overtime or something like that. I I think I saw, but when you're in it, you're in a game like that, Brad, like do, do, does each shift seem a little more important than maybe other games where it's kind of more free flowing and higher scoring and, you know, goals are going to kind of come and go, but like when you're when you're stepping out in a in a five five game or a six six game late in the fourth quarter, did like does it feel bigger, especially with it being number one in the East against number one in the West? 
Uh, yes and no. I think I try to take a lot of the pressure off myself. Like I don't really feel a whole bunch of pressure to, to have to score, uh, in, in our offense, to be completely honest. With you. I mean, like we have like, you know, Josh, Dane, Kluch, Bucky, all those guys, like, don't get me wrong. I want to score just as much as they do. Um, but I feel like when I personally put any pressure on myself like that, it, it can negatively affect my game. So, you know, when you're playing a game like that, I think it's just maybe for me more, it's just like minimize, minimalizing mistakes and minimalizing anything that may put you in a position that you could get scored on or, or anything like that. Like, obviously, I think that yes would be the easy answer to your question if you're trying to minimize mistakes. It is important that you're not gambling. You might not do some of the same stuff. It, you know, a pass might be kind of open, but it's not very open. So it's a little bit different. Um, but I think in a game like that too, like when it is so low scoring, you, it was weird because you're almost trying to take any chance that you can to score and, and you're doing different things and you're trying to maybe, maybe force the ball cause you didn't earlier, but yeah, yeah I think it, it was, it was such a weird game that way. It was just, you know, the defenses were playing well that it wasn't like you really get to pick and choose what you're getting. You had to take what was given. We're here with Brad McCulley, and, and I kind of want to stick on that because, like you, you mentioned, you're not particularly worried about scoring goals in this Buffalo offense. It's something that you've done a pretty good job of here in, in your sophomore year, and I think it, it's been a bit of a, a transition and maybe a bit of an eye-opening experience for you coming into the league, Brad, where – you know, you, you come into this, you know, championship caliber roster in Buffalo. You're predominantly have always been an, an offensive guy. And maybe the, the spot just wasn't quite there for you in the beginning. You're out the back door. You're in the lineup. You're out of the lineup. But then the injuries happen this year and, and you get kind of thrust in there. You start to thrive. And, and to me, like I've made the comment a couple of times that you just look so much more comfortable playing in that offense, playing at that level. And like you like you really truly feel like you belong there now for sure yeah and thank you for saying that I appreciate that I I feel like you know like I'm like anybody I'm a confidence-based guy and like if you don't have confidence it's pretty noticeable within my game if, if I'm playing without it or if I'm thinking or hesitating I'm uh, I'm more of a just kind of get in there and play and and don't think about it and just play how I know how but yeah exactly I mean our team is really good and even last year we were really good as well and uh, being off in COVID, I didn't really play lacrosse for like 17 or 18 months. I think it was something like that. So I didn't like play any like high level lacrosse. I was out of school. I, I didn't end up going back for that fifth year of the COVID year. So I was just working and waiting and working out. And I hit the, uh, I hit the bandits camp in my rookie year and I was pumped. I was so excited. I was ready to go. And, you know, I, I had some success in senior A lacrosse. So I was like, okay, this is going to be good. And yeah, the first day I was like, oh no. Like, I was like, this is, <laughs> I was like, this is, I got some work to impressive. do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like you're playing with Josh and, and Kluge, Phrase, Dane, and, and Bucky and these guys for the first time. And then when we had Fieldsy as well, and guys who'd obviously adjusted to NLL speed. And for whatever reason, I didn't think it would be too different. And I was rudely mistaken i was yeah the first couple of days of camp i was like wow this is going to be an adjustment and figuring out how to play with those guys and like with like josh and dane it's like playing with like sadine twins like right. the ball they, they just seem to know where it is and you know it's kicking around and josh is pretty fast so you're trying to set a pick for josh and you miss a pick because he's already juked two guys and like <laughs> what is going on here like it's it was crazy so it was the adjustment of learning and 
and doing everything the bandits did like they gave me all the chances in the world like you know i played five games in my rookie year and yeah i understand why the reason was was low uh you know my my confidence wasn't quite there i our offense was clicking and i was just getting better and better i think and as i was told by the coaching staff i was getting better and better as the season went on so i i got a little bit more comfortable and then got to come home and play a summer of shamrocks across which is a brand i'm pretty familiar with and kind of get to do that and are you back uh, for another another year there in the green and white too brad i should probably ask you that's the game plan as of right now yes. okay yeah dad'll absolutely. be happy dad'll be happy yeah oh yeah dad'll be pumped i can't i can't disappoint dad no and i love playing for the shamrocks it's so much fun so got to go back do that and see all the boys and thankfully that was like for me like I was like I you know I need to get my confidence back because when I go into this second year with the band it's like it, it was for me it was like I need them to know that I wasn't a wrong choice at, at that first or, or that first round pick hey Buckin, so Buckin's like, no, I, name I carries a lot of weight there Bradley like uh he seems yeah. to have a lot of sway when it comes to Chugger and, and JT like if Bucker Bucky gives you his endorsement uh usually pans out pretty well there in Buffalo yeah, and Bucky's the man. I actually got to see him this weekend. He was in San Diego. It was yeah. kind of funny. I, I walked out of the elevator, and he's just standing there. I was like, what's going on? So <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, he's a beauty. And thankfully, yeah, you know, he treated me like gold when I was in Langley. And then, obviously, I think put in a great word for me for, for Buffalo. So yeah. I came back this year, and I was, you know, confident. I wanted to play. I was felt I was ready to rock and having a pretty good camp. And then kind of the story of our season, I got hurt in camp. Um, so I missed the first, I missed the last two weeks of camp and then like the first three or four games of the season, I think. Yeah. First three or four games I was on IR. So when I came back, I was, you know, I wanted to play, I was excited and came back and kind of got off to a good start. And then obviously, yeah, as you, as you guys have seen, our team got Clitch went injury, down, Robinson went down. Yeah. Josh went down. So you yeah. just kind of got elevated up through the lineup. Yeah. Clutch. Yeah. Clutch went down and then, yeah, it, it was crazy. So, um, you know, nobody came in and put any extra pressure on me like I never heard like oh you got to step up you got to be the guy obviously I I kind of knew it I wanted to do it um I wanted to be there and and play well but nobody was there being like you guys got to play well and then you know what I mean like Daner is so good right Daner's awesome he's one of the easiest guys to play with on the planet and he's such a great leader in our room and guys like him and, and Bucky and everybody. And then even Josh and Klutz when they were, when they were out, you know, they just put all the confidence in the world. They help you out and they kind of put you in spots where you can be successful. And then I think me and Ian McKay and Brendan Robinson actually found a little something going yeah, on over there. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, man. That's... Picking up the slack a little bit and, you know, we were enjoying it, which was good. And you know what I mean? Like we're very fortunate to have those players and in Josh and Klutz and, and Dane and everybody. But I think, you know, obviously the, the depth, the depth of that team has really kind of paid off throughout a season. That's where, where, yeah, that's where I was going. Like we wanted to show everybody that it wasn't just them. Yeah. And you know, like there's other guys that can do stuff and do we want to have them on the floor at all times? Yes. And do we love everything <laughs> they do? Also? Yes. But you know, it's like, you know, if one of them goes down, it's not a panic mode. Yeah, and well, that's like the I, thing Josh and everybody has said, they're like, we're not in panic mode. You guys are fine. You got it. Like cause has stepped up. Yeah. We've seen a number of guys kind of fill roles, right? I mean, even yeah. you know was, the, the chosen. Fun. I mean, yeah, we're we're glad to have them back, and I'm I'm glad it went the way it did. It was you know guys working hard and coming together, so it, it was solid for our team. And like I said, I mean, with those games that were close to our back end, 
helped us out a ton. Yeah. They kept us in a lot of those as well with, with Vino making a bunch of crazy saves. <laughs> How ridiculous is that guy? Like, it's it's it's, it's, stu- like, it's stupid. Even on the weekend, I thought like Austin Stats came in. He had a shot, and I saw exactly like I figured it was top right. Like he had hands free. I was like, okay. And Vino like just barely even moved. Just slapped a glove on it. And there's like a minute left, and we're up or it's tied. And I'm like, what is going on? Like this guy is so good. Like. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know why that one specifically comes to mind. Like some of the saves he makes and like the things he knows about shooters and the logs and uh, he's crazy. It's it's awesome. I'm so thankful he is our goalie. You've given so much love in this interview to to your guys' back end and stuff and and the depth. When you see a guy like like Nick Weiss, for example, or in the most or in the latest games case, Steve Priolo, um, a guy that obviously he's your captain and your leader, but ends up getting the spotlight at the end of the game. He gets the overtime winner. Um, Rock climbing in Joshua tree right now, Brad, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. What, what does that do for your guys' locker room <laughs> when you're seeing all these contributions from guys like like Nick Weiss and Steve Priolo and Ian McKay as well, a guy that he's been playing a ton of offense this year, but traditionally is more of a, def- of a defensive guy. Like, like, what does that do for you guys as a group when you get this much contribution from some kind of grinders? It just makes us even closer and more confident as a group. Obviously, like, you know, everyone I think has been on some teams where certain guys will run that ball up and you're like, for the love of God, hand that off to somebody else or anything (laughs) like that. Or like, you know, don't you dare push this ball or anything like that. Like, I saw free in transition and you like everybody in our offense was literally like, go, 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 take it, go, go. Like, we're like, because we know he can do it, right? Like, he's got that little twister as you guys saw and. I think it's good. I mean, like Pre is such a good player. Pre is so dynamic. He's he's everywhere, and he is our leader. He's our captain. He you know he picks up ground balls. He's soaking shots, and now he's getting overtime winners. Like it's beating the crap out of people. Like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And if he has to, and then that then that comes into play as well. And then same with Weiser. Um, Weiser has been so good this year. You know, like uh, we, we lost Brownie, so Weiser rightfully got an A slapped on his chest, and he's been fantastic with it. He's vocal. When he, especially when he needs to be, he's like a heart and soul kind of leader of uh, of our group. He really believes in our group, and when you see a guy out there working as hard as Weiser does, and just you know, is so much that he cares so so much, um, it's inspiring. He's a guy that you want to follow and you want to just you know be behind when when you're going into hard times as a team. And and then Mickey as well. Mickey, I think is he's been awesome. I mean, he's. He could be playing offense. He could be playing offense on a bunch of teams in this league if if they weren't so stacked. Hey, like he without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, he's a fantastic offensive player, and he's you know he knows the game really well. He's very smart and he's confident in his abilities everywhere. You know, I mean, like being able to play defense at a very high level, the transition that he creates, and then it's like, hey man, we need you to step up and play offense this game. And he's like, okay, sounds good, and goes like three and five or something. It's like you know. It's pretty impressive, the, the diversity. The guy is a Swiss army knife out there. So he was a lot of fun to play with. He's been a lot of fun to watch, and it's been very, very helpful to our team. Uh, here with Brad McCulley of the Buffalo Bandits, and I got to, you, you You know, we talked about Priello and, and Jeffrey having a good go. You've had a couple of scraps so far this season, Brad. And, you know, when I watch you fight, like when I, <laughs> back in my day, when I used to fight, I, like I would kind of take my time. I would, you know, maybe take a punch or two to get the grip I wanted to make sure the guy's bucket was peeled properly. And like, 
kind of set myself up to be successful. When I watch you fight, it is just like hold on and just try and put your fist through the guy's skull out the back of his head. And like, it, it's scary watching guys like you fight like that, because you know, if you land one, there is like real intent behind it. I, where, where does the kind of snap show mean streak come from? And like, is that something you kind of enjoy doing because it looks like you do? Yeah. Well, that's, that's good, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I think, yeah. I mean, that last one, I was a little bit upset. I don't, I don't like losing. I'm, I'm pretty competitive. Uh, we had had some words prior to that. So, um, that one, that one was a bit of a one-off, but you know what? I, I fought a couple times in junior. I think it was mainly against Coquitlam when we were losing in a playoff series or they were just beating us because we couldn't get past Del Bianco. Like <laughs> I don't, I'm a pretty competitive guy. And sometimes like, you know what, like with the, the guys that are on our offense and maybe being able to do that. And it's something I've always been able to do. It's something I don't mind doing. It's not the first thing I want to be doing. Like, obviously I'd like to be going four and five every night, but you know, it's, not something I'm going to back down from. It's not something that scares me. Doing it in Bandit Land's pretty cool when you I got 17,000 people, you know, standing up out of nowhere as soon as you drop your gloves. It's a pretty cool feeling, but scoring there is also a cool feeling. So it's not something I'm looking to do a bunch of, but it's not something that I'm scared to do. Um, and if the team needs me to do it, then I'll do it. And, you know, like with the guys who are, who are on our offense here, like, you know, like not only are they my teammates, they become some of my best friends. So, you know, not only are they the skill guys, but you know, if somebody's going to run Josh Byrne into the, uh, into the boards, then probably doesn't help hurt answer. like keeping Somebody you in the line- answer for it. Yeah. And that probably doesn't hurt keeping you in the lineup either. Like if you bring another element that maybe another guy doesn't, yeah. that's just an added. Precisely. And that, yeah. Exactly. And that's the thing too. It's, you know, it's maybe, yeah. Fighting for a spot. Exactly. Like, you know, when everyone's healthy, it's, who knows, right? Like we have a very good team. We're a very deep team. It can be yeah. I'm, like JT's got hard decisions and it is what it is. And you know, I get, yeah, exactly. If it's something I can do and something that needs to happen, then I don't mind doing it. Uh, I, I want to go back to, to Victoria here for, for a second. And cause the, the Victoria lacrosse community is such a tight knit community and you're part of this group of guys that are, having so much success in the national lacrosse league and in pros in general, is that something that, that ever comes to your mind? Like, do you ever see like the King brothers having success, like Jacob Rue, Larson Sundown, just to name a few, do you see these guys having success and, and just have a thought that comes to mind about, about the community, the, the Victoria lacrosse community at all? Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I mean, I love those guys and Marsh is uh Marsh has been, like one of my best friends or yeah, probably my best friend since we were eight years old. <laughs> you know, he's my best friend. Let's call it that. So listen, to see my <laughs> the commitment, friend. but yeah, exactly. He is, but it's he better Jesse, say the same know, thing watching Jesse forever. And, but yeah, exactly. You know, as long as guys are not lighting up the bandits, then I, I'm happy for him. Like I was just watching the, I was just watching the biggest Rochester games. I was watching, I wanted to watch Marsh plays and we went two and two. So he's been, kind of fighting to find uh find his game a little bit and i think he showed vegas kind of exactly what what they got out of him uh the other the other night so i wanted to see him have success but yeah i love watching kinger light it up and kind of like wardle larson sundown all those guys like you know dutchy obviously getting traded i tuned into that sass game when i could to see how he did and yeah it's like you said it's a tight-knit group 
um, guys who, you know, obviously we all love watching each other do well in the pros. And then we love it even more when we get to come back in the summer and play with each other. So it's, uh, it's a blast. It's, it's always fun to be, to be a part of a group like that. And Victoria has always been a pretty tight knit group. I think even when you see some of the teams that they put together with a lot of professional talent, like even when I was younger, I was pretty fortunate to get to watch some of those teams just 10 minutes from my front door. So, uh, but yeah, like you said, it's cool. And I, I love watching those guys have success. Uh, last one here for you, Brad McKelly, and we appreciate your time. And, and I want to talk a little bit about RMU because this university back east there is an absolute factory i think like ohio state and, and robert morris got to be the two schools that pump out the most nll players and and you're just one of of many uh we had i think who was your head coach on at the time is there a new head coach at rmu right now yeah so drew went to uh he went to utah and okay. he took his staff with him or most of them but they got a new guy there. His name's uh, Craig McDonald. And I've met him a couple of times and he's a beauty. He's, he's okay, an absolute good. gem. So, yeah, we had yeah. your coach on and, you know, I always love talking to college coaches, university coaches, because they, I think these guys just tick a little different than most human beings, the way they work, the way they think. Um, but RMU has been an absolute factory. And, and I guess, you know, I don't even really know what I want to ask you, Brad, but I guess maybe your experience there, who who are some of the guys that you played with while you were there, and what type of things did you bring away from that school that's helped you in your professional career? Yeah, I mean, I, I've said it before, RMU, I mean, a lot of people say, you know, obviously their their college kind of helps them into the player and that, 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 they'd be, that they become, but RMU kind of, you know, made me the man that I am today. I think, you know, they, they put us through some hard times there and really kind of teach, uh, you know, adversity and, and different things of, of that sense. So, you know, Coach McMinn was uh, pretty influential in just my growth as a person as well as a lacrosse player. Um, you know, for being at a school that's Div 1, you think, you know, lacrosse would be the only thing that matters the success on and off the field. But he was, you know, he always said, he's like, we want to build better people, not better lacrosse players. So, you know, if your lacrosse experience works out, then perfect. But if you come out a better man, husband, father, teammate, then that's what's important to us. So that was always something I really took away. Um, I was pretty lucky to be around some amazing leaders uh, while I was at that school. The two captains that I that really stick out were the Gibson brothers, yeah. Marshall and Layton. Yeah. So actually, they played Langley with me, but they're from Alberta. They're yeah, yeah. no, I did the, uh, the Minto Cup with both those guys back in, I yeah. want to say, 2018, yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're two of the best guys I've ever been around in my life. Uh, Marshall is one of the best captains I've ever had, probably of all time. Um, but then even, you know, guys I got to play with and, and be around like, you know, Ryan Smith is, you know, to this day, still a top three player I've ever played with in my mind. And I think he's just going to keep getting better and better, which is insane with how good he is. But I kind of knew it when, in the first year when we got there and I see this kid play and I'm like, this this guy's going to be a problem. Like as soon as we start kind of going here so yeah. and he was he's you know he's the all-time leader in points there but i got to play with tyson gibson and you know when tice was there he was a phenom the same we got corson keely um jake boudreau yeah jake boudreau the line mate of mine and yeah so so many guys and then like you know at different alumni events and so i got like you get to see like kyle matisse kyle buchanan uh tyler digby Oh, the list goes uh, on, man. Jeff Gilbert was yeah. in there. James Ray, I think, went there. Like, yeah, there it was there. funny. Andrew Watt was on the 
Ralph oh, the other day. And there's a in beauty. the uh, in the game. There's a and beauty. I saw Bucky go say hello to him, and I looked at Bucky, and I'm like, I'm like, who is that? He's like, you should know, man. Yeah. Like that's an RMU legend. legend. I'm, like, I'm sorry, I didn't know who it was. <laughs> One of my <laughs> favorites, man. One of right? my favorites. It's funny, yeah, one. it just keeps happening. So and then the, like, yeah, like guys I play with now, even so, like. Nathaniel Kozevnikov, yeah. who was there for the year. Me and him were freshman roommates. Help Gertler out with that one uh, there, Bradley, too. Eh? The, Is he having a uh, tough time with it? You know, you know Johnny. You know Johnny. I think I told him to start calling him the big Russian bear. I yeah, was like, that, you got to get that one out I here. like it. I like it. Yeah. Hey, man. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, the list goes on. It's it's pretty impressive. It's it's one of my it's one of my favorite experiences I've had so far, for sure. I, I wouldn't trade a day there. So that was uh, that was a blast out there. Well, fantastic job here on Lax Class Day today, man. Uh, that was a great interview. Uh, best of luck with uh, the Bandits moving forward here uh, down into the playoffs, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you back in green and white in Victoria come summertime, man. Thanks for doing this. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Love the show. Well, I appreciate hearing that. Uh, great chat there, Tino, with one Brad McCulley, and, you know, I – I don't know about you, but like you just heard that conversation there. That was, you know, close to a solid half an hour. This is a sophomore in the National Lacrosse League. Imagine where this kid's going to be at in in six, seven years from now. I mean, he's already polished, but uh, that was pretty impressive stuff there from Bradley. I was going to say that made our job so easy with how long form the answers were. Yeah. It was, there's so much content out of that. That was incredible. No, no prep required, man. Uh, <laughs> all right. There is quarter number two, which means it's halftime here on Lax Class. Uh, two more quarters to go. Quarter three is coming up. Lax Class locks are on the other side. Stick with us here in the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. This is NLL Hall of Famer John Tucker. You're listening to Lax Class on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Welcome back to Lax Class as we're into second half action. Third quarter is underway. Thanks for hanging with us. Jake Elliott, Santino Farah with you. And with us since day number one, Associated Labels and Packaging. They focus on people, they focus on ethics, and they focus on quality. If you're going to focus on some things, those are pretty good things to focus on. Need a label, need a package, Associated Labels and Packaging is where you want to go, associatelp.com. Over 40 years of experience in the label and packaging industry, they are your people. Here in quarter three, Lax Class Locks are coming up, Tino. But before that, I always got to tell you, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you may be listening, Apple, Spotify, Google. Hit that subscribe button, smash that five-star review. And give us a follow on social media as well, at Lax Class on Twitter, at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram, Facebook page, email address is lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. Tino is at Ferratino. I am at PXB for sports. So do all that and then uh, get ready because it's time for Lax Class Locks. It's locked.
Lax Glass Locks are brought to you by Cool Bet Canada. Uh, still, Santino, no, I don't know about your mailbox, but mine was empty today. I was looking for the Cool Bet merchandise to show up, maybe a little delivery notice, but no, another week without any Cool Bet swag. You? Yeah, my mailbox is uh, also very okay. empty. We'll just keep waiting. And hoping. <laughs> uh, don't forget to get signed up to CoolBet. And when you do that for the first time, before you put any money in there, use the bonus code LAXCLASS, and the good folks at CoolBet will match you up to $200 on your first-time deposit. Then make sure you screenshot and tag LAXCLASS and CoolBet on Twitter when you bet down a bet on the National Cross League, and you too can win some so-called merchandise if it does, in fact, exist. And some NLL tickets, depending on what market you live in, uh, simply by screenshotting your NLL bet and tagging Lax Class and Cool Bet. Stay cool, bet responsibly. Uh, the parlay is in this week, Tino. We put it up for submission once again to One Patches Gregoire. Uh, you posted yours. Uh, well, I posted both of them without prejudice. Pat didn't know which one was which, whose was whose, but he picked mine once again, Tino. I don't think you've gotten one to get through yet. But uh, so here is your week 18. Like I mentioned, two for three last week. We're going three for three this week. Take every single penny you have at your disposal and bet it down on this bet right here. And all (laughs) your dreams will come true. As we are taking the Buffalo Bandits plus 1.5. There is no way this game does not finish in a one goal victory or overtime i'm predicting overtime in this game i don't know who's gonna win it point being buffalo can win or they can lose by one against the toronto rock warriors straight up to beat the saskatchewan rush i like that pick and that's kind of why i think i might change the one pick on on who he got coming up but i (laughs) i don't know we'll see uh, so Warriors straight up on the money line to beat Saskatchewan. And then Thunderbirds and Swarm were going over 23 and a half. And I know Dobson had a great game and Warren Hill can look good. But there's enough firepower on both those offenses where I think they cap over 23 and a half goals. And this one gets you a cool bet return of plus 675. So you lay down 20 jumbo bucks on that. $155 will be deposited into your bank account by uh, Saturday evening, uh, early Sunday morning. So, like I said, bet down the farm, the mortgage, the college fund, uh, the car payment, just grocery money, whatever you got laying around, put it all down on this week's Lax Class Lock. What do you think, Tina? I think if this one, uh, if we get a, a winner on this one, I think the classmates should be thanking me as much as they're thanking you because I submitted a worse parlay than you, which is doing the classmates a favor because they don't want my picks. There I don't go. want my picks. So when this one comes home, um, I expect as much, if not more, of the praise. Royally praise us when it wins and don't blame us if you happen to lose. It's not our fault. That's how it goes here on Lax Class. And that's how quarter three is going to go to break here because we're going to quarter four. We got <laughs> Stampy Tack. Who you got? Week 18. It's coming up on the other side. Stick with us here on Lax Class 228. 
Hey, this is Ryan Diltz on the Saskatchewan Rush. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, throwing the game one podcast at a time. And now it's time for Who You Got. Welcome back to Lax Class. No more breaks here on the podcast as we are into quarter number four, which is brought to you by Mitch Jones Real Estate. If you're looking to buy or sell any kind of real estate in the Tri-City area, Port Moody, Port Coquitlam, Coquitlam, or if you just have any questions, comments, concerns that you may have about real estate, the the rising interest rates, when are those going to turn around, what kind of mortgage do you want to get into, how much money do you need to put down to get into your first home, whatever the case may be. Mitch Jones is here for you, there for you, to answer all your questions, and he's willing to give out his cell phone right here on the podcast to get a hold of him. 604-916-6772. 604-916-6772. Find him on Instagram. Find him on Twitter. DMs are open. All your real estate needs go through Mitch Jones. Royal LePage, Sterling Realty down there in Port Moody. And I don't know how much real estate Mitch is selling these days right now because, like, again, I follow him on, on the the Insta, and there's Mitch with a, a beautiful shot of some sort of golf course in, in Philadelphia, PA. So I think he's just kind of hanging back there right now instead of flying back and forth here to Vancouver. But the cell's still on, and he's still willing to talk real estate, I'm sure, but uh, maybe just not when he's out on the golf course. Let's make some picks. All right, uh, time for your favorite podcast game. It's time once again to play your favorite podcast game. Who you got? Who are you? Who, 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 who are you? Who, 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 who? Got to get that high note, right? The who, yeah, I'm surprised you can do that with your sore throat you got right now. <laughs> uh, Stampede Tech, who you got? Week 18, brought to you by Stampede Tech. We talked about the Storm Rider, of course. Spring is in the air. Time to tuck away the toque and get yourself a new hat from Stampede Tech. Stetson, Bullhide, Bailey, Felt Hats, Straw Hats, Palm Leaf Hats, Baseball hats. They got all types of hats, just like they do boots, at Stampede Tech and Western Wear. Something for the golf course? Absolutely. Uh, Stampede Tech and Western Wear out there in Cloverdale. Stampede.ca. Need a hat? Go to Stampede Tech to get it. And then uh, grab some boots and a Storm Rider while you're there. Who you got? Week eighteen. Oh, Tino, Tino, Tino. I, was, I haven't even looked how I did. Yeah, it. Uh, you did slightly better than me in in the oh week, yeah in the weekly standings. Uh, but I'm still above you in the overall standings. But bottom line is we both suck. Uh, ooh, ninety seventh mm. from last week. Where are you? They're below that. Just one hundred seventeenth. Wow, you yeah. suck. Yeah. We, we both suck. We both suck. Point is, I'm still above you in the overall standings, which at the end of the day is really the only thing that matters to me. And I'm going to keep it like that this week. But since you did better in week 17, you are hosting Stampede Tech this week. And just for the folks tuned in here, look at this slate of games here in week 18. It does not set up any better than this. Three Friday games staggered 7, 9, 10 o'clock. 
three more on Saturday, 7, 8, 9.30. And then two, two games on Sunday, 1 o'clock and 6 o'clock. This does not get any better than this right here. This is the dream weekend of National Cross League action. Have we ever had two? Like this season, we haven't had two on Sunday. I don't think. Definitely not this season. Maybe not ever. Wow. Love that. Me too. All right, you ready? You ready to get going here? Rock and roll. Okay, start things off on Friday night, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. New York heads on down into Georgia to take on the rip or the uh, the swarm. Jake Elliott, who you got? Yeah, this I'm just gonna I'm gonna decoin every pick, and I'm just gonna start my confidence up at eight at the top and one at the bottom. I don't even care anymore because I I it doesn't matter what I talk myself into or talk myself out of or rationalize in my brain. It doesn't matter. So I'm just going coin and eight down to one on the confidence meter here the entire way. And I'm not changing it, period. I'm sticking with whatever happens here. And uh, who knows? Maybe I'll end up like Danny Quinn in week 17. Heads for homes, tail for the road. Here we go. It's a heads. Georgia for an eight. Georgia for an eight. All right. I got New York for a four. Um, and I am, uh, yeah, I might switch this, but who knows? Good luck to you, sir. Yeah, no kidding. All right. The next game on Friday, we have Vegas heads on down to ball arena to take on the mammoth Jake Elliott, who you got. Well, I'll tell you the quarter is going to tell me who I got here. (laughs) Tails. I'm taking Vegas for a seven. I mean, hard to argue with that logic. Uh, again, this is another <laughs> there one. There's no logic whatsoever here. Legitimately, I might flip flop on all of these. I have no idea. I got Colorado for a five. And the final game on Friday night, this is going to be an unreal matchup, I think. Calgary versus San Diego in San Diego. Oh, such a good game. Jake Elliott, who you got? Calgary. Porter, who you got? Calgary for a six. Calgary for a six. Uh, I also have Calgary, but for a three, are you like, what are you using a quarter? Like, yeah. What is the, the quarter? Oh, okay. It's a lucky quarter. Uh, first game on Saturday, 7 PM Eastern, 4 PM Pacific Buffalo versus Toronto in the hammer. This one is always an unreal matchup. So, uh, plan for a physical affair here. Mm. Jake Elliott, who you got? Uh, the quarter will let me know, but like, look at these two games right here. Calgary at San Diego, Buffalo at Toronto. Like that is yeah. just monstrous. Okay, here we go. Oh, Jamie's not going to be happy. Jamie's Uh-oh. not going to be happy. Buffalo for a five. I got to listen to the quarter here, JD. Don't take it personal. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm also listening to Jumbo's quarter, so don't yell at me either because I have <laughs> Buffalo for it too. So, hey, it's, you got to listen to the quarter, man. It's not me. It's the quarter. Okay. Um, uh, next up, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Albany heads on down to Panther City <sighs> to take on the lacrosse I mean, club. I said I was going to listen to the quarter, but I also said that I'm not picking Albany the rest oh, of the Oh, yeah. Battle between rules here. What are you going to do? You have to listen to the quarter, right? I don't think I do. Because I, that prefaced the quarter. Like, I heard, I, like, that was written in stone. Weeks what, ago, you should flip the quarter regardless, and just—I mean, maybe it lands on home. Let's let's see. It did land on home. Let's yeah, go, Panther right. City for a four. <laughs> You're so fired up about that. Uh, sorry, Albany. <laughs> sorry, I also Albany, have Albany. Panther City for a seven. Uh, then we head on down to Sask because on Saturday night, 
that's where the Warriors are heading. Jake mm. Elliott, oh, who man. you got? I really, I kind of really want to take Vancouver in this game, but I'm going to listen to the coin. <laughs> Flip-flopping so much. Oh, it's Saskatchewan. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I can't lose here because if Vancouver wins, I'm happy, and if Saskatchewan wins, then at least I win who you got. Saskatchewan for three. All right, I got Vancouver uh, for a six in this one. Yeah. We always I'm, know Vancouver plays think, well against Sask, but we'll see. I think Vancouver's going to win that. And that'll do it for Saturday. So let's head on down to the two games on Sunday. The first one. So this is, well, this will be 10 o'clock Pacific time, one o'clock in the facts. No, no, two o'clock. No, 1 p.m. Eastern. Two o'clock in in Halifax, 10 o'clock here on the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, so a nice midday game if mm. you're in Halifax. Uh, Georgia heads on down to the nest. Jake Elliott, who you got? I didn't get a good flip there. Well, that one fell off the table. Does that mean that you got Georgia? That <laughs> fell off the table, too. Oh, my God. Tails. Georgia. Oh, you got Georgia anyway. Georgia. Georgia. Fair enough. This game scares me. I don't know. These early games, I feel like teams don't play that great in these early games. Yeah. The home teams, I mean. but Well, this could be uh, a, yeah, I mean. If Halifax loses this game, that could spell the end for them. So, yeah, we'll, we'll and they know that. how they know how important these last handful of games are. Yep. So I'm going Halifax. This is actually my eight pick, despite Ooh. me not being that confident. Whatever. Um, last game of the weekend, the second game on Sunday. You love to see it. Rochester versus Philly. Jake Elliott. Wrap it up. Who you got? Oh, that was a terrible flip. Oh my god! I ended right on the paper. Tails again, Rochester for one. Save and apply. Tiebreaker got that. Uh, so at the end of all of that, Tino, I got five road teams, three home teams. What do I got here? One, two, three. After this last pick here, I'm going to have four home teams because yeah. I'm taking Philly. Oh, but it's a one. <laughs> Right, I can't figure out this Philly team, so I'm going to give them a little bit of confidence, but hardly anything. I think so. that's smart play. Smart yeah. play. Save and apply, baby. All right, there you go. Make sure you do the same. Don't forget, you can still sign up, win weekly prizes, just like Mackie did last week. Get in on the action. Go to our Twitter account at Max Class. The link to the pool is right in our bio there, and uh, search up Stampy Tack, and you can still have some fun with us down the stretch here, the March to May, as it were. Uh, the coin wanted to flip one more time, apparently. Um, and that will wrap up Lax Class number 228. I want to thank Brad McCulley for stopping by the podcast. To our fabulous sponsors, please support these people. They support the podcast. You support them. That's how this podcast continues. Stampede Tech, Associate Labels and Packaging, Rycor Construction, Cool Bet Canada, and Mitch Jones. Real Estate, uh, to you, the classmate for listening each and every week here on the cross classified. We thank you so much for doing that. Our audience continues to grow each and every week and we love to see it. So thank you so much. We'll be back next week, every week right here on the lacrosse flash podcast network. EP two twenty nine is next, but this one is now complete for Santino fair. I've been Jake Kelly and for the fastest game on two feet for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy and stay classified.